Shippers, welcome to another Bridgerton episode. Today, we tackle Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. So Queen Charlotte and King George from Bridgerton's new Netflix series. Do we ship it? Listen to find out. Hi, everyone. I'm Devin. And I'm Steph. And welcome to the We Ship It podcast, where Steph and I and our occasional guest gab and goss about our favorite and not-so-favorite ships of all time. Yep, and today we do have a guest who is joining us to talk about Queen Charlotte, the bingeable new miniseries on Netflix by Shonda Rhimes. Welcome to our We Ship It <laughs> alumni and my good friend from college, Mary Castellano. Hey, Mary. Yay. I love that alumni. That's yes. that's perfect. <laughs> you are alum now. <laughs> One of us. One, One of, of us. us. <laughs> that's great. That Thank great. you for having me on again. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah. And let me just say, this um, miniseries is very bingeable. You said it was bingeable, and yeah, it, it's crazy it bingeable. I, I watched it, it in actually quick. in a day. Actually, no, in a day. not wow. one day. That's crazy talk. One day. I'm not lying to you, Devin. You're crazy. <laughs> I am crazy. All right. Well, we are so excited to have Mary back on with us. Mary has joined us for a few episodes. A few episodes already? I thought I think so. It's almost one two. every season, I think. It was two. Well, so Anastasia. And what's the other one? I could not think of it when I was writing this. Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh, That's yes. Right. That was Kate good. That and, was the first uh, one. Right Kate, Kate and Keith Ledger. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> that was fun because we did um, we did the Shakespeare and then we did that movie with you. The and they show. were right next oh, to each other. Why am I blanking other? on what Ten Things I Hate About You's guy's name was? You guys. You guys. Patrick. Oh, that is right. There Patrick. Petruccio, Patrick. See, this is why we have you on, Mary. You're just your <laughs> professional. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So well, welcome back. Thank you. Yes. Welcome back is right. And today we're talking about Bridgerton, Queen Charlotte, as we mentioned. Um, this story crushed me in like every good and bad way. Like it, it really did. And I really can't wait to hear both of your thoughts on it. So before we dive deep, let's ask our traditional opening question oh, gosh. and see if Devin was prepared for it. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, side note, but also like tossing it out to the viewers, I think we should start doing, instead of the same question every time, we should have a jar of fun questions oh, that we geez. pick out <laughs> at the beginning. And so it's a surprise. So Devin, you got to be on your But toes. it's always a surprise to me because I never have an answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, traditional opening question. We'll start. Do you have one, Mary? <laughs> oh, like I don't a, know if like you know a... the question. Yes. What are we thankful for this week? Yeah. So if either of you have an answer, feel free. Um, it's been a good week, so there's a lot to be thankful for. I can even go first. Yeah, go ahead. I'm thankful for friendship because <laughs> yes, this that's past so often. I love it. Yeah, I really do. But so this past weekend was our friend James and Kat's wedding, and I think Yay. they joined us for a couples episode. I think it was like uh maybe um one of the they Marvel were on ones, for Iron Man. Iron Man, yeah. So now they're married. They're Mr. Mm -hmm. and Mrs. Korsinski. And it was so nice to like see all of our high school friends because this is technically our 10 year anniversary, but or reunion, but we don't have a reunion planned. So this was kind of like our reunion. So I'm thankful for long lasting friendships. Yeah. 
nice. It was a good weekend. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it was. Devin, do you have one? Um, be thankful for stuff. <laughs> I am thankful for things. I'm just, just kidding. Put I on know. The spot is I know. Like, it does right, put well, you on the spot. I guess I have to put something in there. Uh, I'm thankful for modern technology. I just finished my laundry, so. <laughs> that's beautiful so you don't have to go to the well and like that's right no no scrubbing no yeah hand wash mary what about you i'm really grateful that the weather is starting to get better it's just improved my mood i mean i don't love the pollen that's been rough to to deal with this spring but same um... my nose is on fire right now (laughs) no i'm kidding it's fine (laughs) but yeah i think the the sun the weather the greenery it's just really helped to improve my mood and my productivity so i'm really grateful for good weather good that's what i love Love to hear we're just very thankful people except Devin. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> My heart. Okay. My heart. Um, okay. So, oh, and I, this is actually kind of cute. Tom got me my first Mother's Day gift and it was no a little way. necklace with little feet, like tiny baby feet in it. And Aww. it had a little note from, from my baby as the, the baby? first. Yeah. It said from your tummy, which was very, very Aww. cute because I call Tom tummy as his nickname, tummy, but also yeah, literally my tummy. <laughs> So very so cute. cute. Shout out to him. We'll never get him on the podcast. Maybe one day mm. Devin will convince him, but I don't know. <laughs> Devin says no. Mm. Okay. So summary time. Let's talk Queen Charlotte. So I didn't write one, but spoiler I didn't alert. have to. Oh, oh, spoiler alert. Yes. If you have not watched Queen Charlotte or any of the Bridgerton series, we're going to right be now. going into yeah, do it right <laughs> do now, it right number now. one. It's bingeable, like we said. And <laughs> Number two, um, we're going into plot details. You can't avoid them in this one. And and there's a big like plot point that we can't avoid talking about. So watch <laughs> it if you haven't. Um, anyway, summary time now that that's out of the way. Um, we meet Charlotte. Um, I think she's a royal in a small part of Germany or like Germany. S- someone who's important. Um, her brother is at least, and she's part of this like rich family. Um, and we find out right in the first episode that she is being married off to the King of England, King George. <laughs> King and, George. <laughs> and she's like super headstrong about it. She's like, I can't believe you sold me off to get married. What the heck is this? Her brother just sort of tells her, listen, be quiet. You're doing it. Her brother's nice. It's just that first scene really rubbed me the wrong way between him and her. Um, so we get there, we get to the wedding, and the way that Charlotte and George meet is that she is trying to escape their wedding. She's never seen him before. She's trying to like jump over the the garden wall, and he's like, "Oh, excuse me, miss, can I help you?" And she's like, "Can you get me out of here, basically?" And then finally, <laughs> like, finally, he tells her, "Oh, I'm George," but she actually has like an attraction to him. So, so she's like, "Oh, you're not like a troll. You're not like an old dude that I don't want to marry. Whatever." And so she decides she's going to marry him. Um, and I think it's because they have this connection. He doesn't seem like a bad guy. He seems like um, someone she can connect with mentally. Um, and he's also hot. So like she's like, all right. So she goes in, she marries him. And he's like basically Prince Charming. And then they get home after their beautiful wedding. And he basically says, okay, here's your house. I'm going back to my house. Bye. (laughs) So he leaves. And for days and days and days, she's just dressed up and forced to eat dinner by herself. And like basically told, you're on your honeymoon. You can't do anything because that would look weird to the public. But you can't see your husband either. So she's super confused. 
And one day she like barges in on him finally, expecting him to like have a lover or like, you know, just be doing something that he wouldn't want her around for. And he's just like looking at the stars. And she's like, all right, this is weird. They start to sort of like rekindle their relationship. Um, gets very steamy at points, which is great. They have a great connection. Um, and then it sort of just goes back and forth. At some point, like he's kind of taken out as well. Um, and he he like removes himself from her life almost because we find out later he's dealing with what I don't know is actually called anything in particular, but it's kind of insanity. Like he at points is taken out of in this out of body experience. And she experiences this for the first time in a way she sees him like writing on the wall and he like doesn't recognize who she is. And he runs out and he's like naked in the garden, like screaming at the stars. And she's like, what is this? So then Charlotte for a little while is like wanting to leave and run away. But in the end, the two of them, though they go through all of these struggles, um, come together and there's this really beautiful scene that we're going to talk about where she says I don't really care if you're insane I love you and if you can tell me you love me then we're just going to figure this out together um, so it's beautiful because she she's there for him as he's struggling to make speeches to go to events like to get through this insanity and the two of them end up together and oh the sweetest scene under the bed when they're older i will talk about that later but that is like my very like off the cuff summary of queen charlotte and that's the episode <laughs> yeah, <bye. laughs> yeah i always go too overboard no it was beautiful thank that was you. a good thank summary you. yeah thank it was you. very good i probably missed some things but um yeah so that's the queen summary list. or queen summary that's queen charlotte <laughs> now um let's hop right into our questions here mm -hmm. um so what are our thoughts on the casting of this bridgerton prequel oh should i go first again go ahead okay. mary yes. yep i loved it i thought they had big <laughs> shoes to fill um they did the ones who are especially playing characters we were already familiar with like lady danbury of course queen charlotte herself and like even violet um, they had big shoes to fill, and I think mm -hmm. all of them did a fantastic job, especially mm -hmm. Char. I mean, gosh, I mean, I, I also want to give a lot of credit to the woman who played Lady D, the younger version. I don't know any of their names, like the actor actresses' names, but um, they were they were perfect, in my opinion. I thought they did an amazing job. Yeah, I agree. I thought that their mannerisms were very much mirrored when I when I saw like when we were because they do back and forth between present day versus the past present day quote unquote um, and just the mannerisms between the Charlottes you could see that they both responded to questions or to uh, people the same tone the same um, looks in their faces like almost smirks at, at times uh they just had the same facial expressions and i thought they did a very good job at presenting the same character in unison mm -hmm. and the development of that character throughout the ages yeah. um even lady danbury too um i thought she did a very good job of having that um i feel like the older one hasn't has a higher chin at times like oh, she yeah. holds herself more confidently and i felt mm -hmm. like we saw that progression throughout the younger lady danbury's character as well as she became more comfortable with who she was you could see her slowly 
turn her chin upwards and hold herself at a more higher standard, mm -hmm. um, which I thought was really cool. I think when you're going to do a story like this where they pan back and forth between like modern day and the past, you need it to be spot on. Because if you're just doing a prequel and people are like recalling what the people look like, like you can kind of have some leeway. But it was like super important for them to get it on point. Right. And I really think that they did, like especially with Charlotte. I just mm -hmm. like literally like when they did the side-by-side -side scenes especially at the end with the bed and everything i just like oh it was just beautiful it was beautiful george was pretty good like he it, it the older george really isn't in it that much that you'd notice right. but we charlotte really was know the character that well right charlotte was really like the main person they couldn't mistake and i thought they got her like spot on mm -hmm. agreed yep I have a little cool. hot take before we move on. Oh, what's oh, your hot take? I liked the younger Lady Danbury, her character, better than the older Lady Danbury. This might even come in like, later. Well, that's I liked her, too. I liked her, too. And I thought her story was really interesting. Mm. But we'll talk more about that, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, cool. Next one. How is their first meeting in the garden unique? And how does it identify the relationship moving forward? So I I think the the garden meeting I think what it showed for both of them was kind of a sense of of fear and doubt and those are both very human very vulnerable very commonplace emotions which as royals they don't really have the privilege of the um kind of the space to kind of express those things especially as as high high roles as queen and king mm -hmm. like you're never supposed to show fear or doubt and here is a scene mm -hmm. where two people are meeting for the very first time and the only thing that they're seeing is doubt and and that shows kind of a vulnerability um especially on charlotte's side and i think that this helps their relationship moving forward is that they have this shared moment this shared scene of such um such strong uh just like common human experience and i think that helps them kind of deal with other really strong very human experiences later on in the show mm -hmm. <laughs> um i think i think this is just like the perfect uh kind of way to start off the relationship because i was trying to picture mm -hmm. in my head had they met at the altar would the show have gone in a different direction i think the answer is yes so that's my thought. Yeah, agreed. Uh, what I think is interesting is that we see her going through it. And then only much later in the series do we see his yeah. like moment going through it until he meets her. Um, but I do think you're right about the vulnerability thing. I mean, they do come. Th this is where the whole Just George thing mm -hmm. starts. And so what we see is two people who I think the reason that she's able to say yes is because of that, because he's able to. Um, take himself down from the pedestal of being king and like address her as like her equal almost. Um, and that's what I love about their relationship because even in later moments, they, they're able to take the title off and just sort of like sit together and be just George and just Charlotte. And that's really what they need to get through in a healthy way. And so we see that being established here when they're both being able to be vulnerable together. Um, and then he, like, he charms her almost by telling her like, no, I'm just George and you mm -hmm. can just call me George. So that's, that's something that I really do love about this scene. Not only is it hilarious that she's trying to get out and she doesn't know who he is 
And then she finds out, oh, God, that's the guy I'm marrying. Hilarious. But it establishes that, like, foundation from the beginning. Right. I agree. I think um, their walls are down. Right. She's trying to climb over a wall, but, like, their walls are down in this moment, and they're very uh, open with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh I think this is the moment where we also see that George is the only person that gives Charlotte the choice to run away. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Everyone else is saying, no, you're Which doing is this. risky. Yeah. No, you're doing this. You're doing this. Uh, I think she met, obviously she talked to her, her brother. She, I think she also met with the mother-in-law beforehand. I don't remember. Yes. I think because she was, she wanted her to show her her teeth. Yes, yes. She wanted to approve of her in person. And uh, so this is the first time that someone's actually saying, well, what do you want? Um, While no one else really gave her a voice in this matter, which I think was really cool in setting that equal balance between the two, uh, showing them that both of them have a say in what what goes forward with this relationship. Um, now, granted, that is taken away when um, after the, the marriage, but we'll talk about that very shortly. Right. Um, but I think it is a, a great moment to start off their relationship and show their natural tendency is to want to have their walls down. But because of royalty, because of the expectations that are placed upon them and sort they they have to have their walls up and even not just for from society but from each other as well sometimes mm-hmm. definitely all right so how does the crown unite george and charlotte but also set them apart on their paths of solitude i didn't really have that great of an answer for this question i was just kind of <laughs> thinking like um yeah i i mean they both had their they had like their one responsibility at the very beginning anyway it was like mm-hmm. produce an heir that was like mm-hmm. the whole point of like the first three or four episodes was like they're like okay well you know we have to meet every other day because we need to get pregnant so right mm-hmm. i don't know i guess that kind of unifies them and in, yeah in that like you know slowly kind of sharing intimacy in that way they kind of became a little more comfortable realize you know actually really I like this, but I also am starting to really like you and want to be around mm-hmm. you more. So maybe this doesn't have to just be a thing of duty. This mm-hmm. could be something more. So it doesn't yeah. just have to be the even days or the odd days or whatever. Yeah. We can oh. just have days. Yeah. <laughs> just days. I want all the days. Um, yeah, I think it unites them. Then we see it sort of create this like sol- solitude effect and then it unites them even more so i think at first it literally unites them right they're married into this whole establishment of the crown like you said because he needs to produce an heir um but it's sort of like a false uniting because she's not under the full context and awareness of what his problem is so that's why they start to seek solitude is because they both start to think at different times the only way they're able to do this job successfully is by not being together or at least that's what like George thinks for a while um and so we see that the crown like wedges this between them because George never wanted to be married he just had to get married because his mom basically was telling him to and also England needed an heir um so we see that solitude kind of like drive that wedge between them and that i started to pick up on the fact the opening credits where she's just walking all around by herself 
become like more obvious like because you know they do that whole like animated opening credit of like just charlotte being by herself doing Mm -hmm. everything it became super apparent to me that that was going to be a lot of the show as i was realizing oh george is just not going to be around and then we just see her like sort of carrying on like the grace of like being queen and like doing all these things on her own but then they like come together and reunite in the end and we see this perfectly when they come I think it's like some sort of party they have at their house or whatever. And she helps him through the speech he needs to give and the dance he needs to do. And so like we see them reunite in the crown in that job. Like she's able to sort of like successfully bring him back to who King George needs to be in that moment. Right. Um, So, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It's sad to watch the ups and downs, but like in the end, they do unite again. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think they are united through the arranged marriage, although it is a unite a united marriage in the sense of um, legality. Is that the right word? The like legally they're married. Yeah. But, um, it unites two kingdoms, like her her brother's province and and England. Uh, so that way, should there be a um a war of sorts they at least have someone to back them up now mm-hmm. um but also kind of like what you mentioned it uh becomes much more of this uniting of two people in that you are one half i am one half and together we are whole and that that isn't necessarily realized until much later mm-hmm. in their relationship but that listen, I know that we're both broken in some way or another, although we might not want to admit it to ourselves, but together we are much stronger than we are apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of d- dives into the solitude issue of it as well. Um, George has always felt like he's on exhibit rather than a, a, than a person. That's why he says mm-hmm. that he's just George or why he's farmer George, because he wants to be seen as a person, not just as the crown. Um, He's in a cage of royalty and she also gets placed into this cage of royalty um, and she has to deal with the not repercussions, but like deal with the um, what goes along with being a royal. Um, They both experience solitude in their own way, one being pampered the entire time and Mm -hmm. not knowing how to like, okay, please step back. I don't want you following me. Like, yeah, like one step behind me every time. Like, I I need my space. Like, give me my space. Uh, I can pick my own orange. Like, (laughs) um, (laughs) she just can't handle being pampered so much. Whereas the other one, uh, George, is he's tortured. Yeah, he's flat out torture. He's being submissive to his doctor mm-hmm. uh and has to experience solitude in his pain and wanting to kind of break himself. Um so they have two separate lives and they don't realize until later that the crown not only makes them be separate but it also gives them an opportunity to be together as one as well. I wonder too if another word is isolation instead mm-hmm. of or maybe in addition to solitude in that like they both they both have they're both kind of sharing the crown in a way but they're also both very isolated in their roles and yeah the the crown kind of takes them gives an opportunity to yeah come out of that isolation and find a way yeah. to to work together to kind of Absolutely. make it work mhm mhm for sure cool 
Next one. How do we feel about George's mother involving herself in her son's marriage? Does the Dowager Princess overstep her realm? Yes. I what do, do you think? I do not like this woman. Yeah. I, <laughs> I do not like this character. Oh my goodness. I wanted to yell at the TV so mm -hmm. many times. And but I want to I want to preface this because I want she sucks. to yeah <laughs> because I want to I want to I want to speak I want to give her a little bit of the benefit of the doubt in that like I I know just through my own like day job that like a parent with a child with special needs it has to be a really strong advocate so like I I get why like in the in the realm in the the time period that she is one just being a woman being a mother she has to already advocate for herself more but especially being mother to the king and she you yep. know she has to uphold the dignity and legitimacy of the crown so like i get that she has a lot on her shoulders but that does not excuse her manipulation her deceitfulness her nastiness both to charlotte but then also to, to lady danbury so i do not like this woman at all <laughs> yeah i mean you you always get this character though the like mother who like in all of these like british like dramas right you always have the mother who's like not in charge anymore but sort of is in charge behind the scenes and in this case like George has been not a problem child, but he's had issues his whole childhood. So I, I can relate to like, not relate, but I can understand why she would be overly protective because she understands like the issues that he's going through. That said, like, she's also just kind of like overly dramatic mm. a lot of the time. <laughs> That's a like, good way of putting it. There's no, like, I kind of find it funny when she sits down with Lady Danbury and she's like, but like, you're a worthy adversary. So like, I don't like, give up. I like you. Yeah. I hate I'm like, fighting. <laughs> I find it funny, but I'm also like, you could just like stop yeah. fighting with her. <laughs> like, I get <laughs> that. Like it gives you some, some sort of strange joy, but that's the side of her that I could do without. I get the protective mother thing. I get the being protective of the crown thing. I do not get the like random, like, I'm grumpy about these British people. So I have to like fight with them and put all this drama forward. It's like, just give the lady what she wants or tell her no. There's not, you don't need to be going all around and making, making a dramatic mess. But <laughs> yeah, I think that she's a drama queen. Other than that, like, she's all right. I could do without her. <laughs> Devin? No, I agree. <laughs> um, she just needs to step back. Yeah. <laughs> Let go a little bit. Um, she just has control problems. And I understand why she was, um, she was the lead. Like, she had to care, be the caretaker of her son, but also caretaker of the, the nation. Is it nation? mm-hmm yeah the nation for so long that she to have it ripped from her very quickly i could see how that might be challenging to kind of grapple with but she also um, should have been preparing for this she, I, she should have been preparing for it humanity just wants power okay yeah <laughs> that's mm -hmm. that's our inner uh yeah our inner qualm like mm. we where you have this seek for power i guess 
not I personally, but like yeah, each, yeah. each their own. <laughs> Everyone has a little bit of it. In Everyone has a little bit, but they like she's just obsessive. Yeah. This lady, mm-hmm. and I do understand like on an emotional level, I do understand her care for George. Like her mm-hmm. heart is for her son. She wants the best for her son, and it takes her the entire time. I don't know how like timeline wise, I don't know how long um, if this is a year, if this is uh, but whatever timeline from the beginning of the episode one to the end of episode six, it takes her time to realize that what makes her happy is Charlotte. What makes him happy? No, yeah, but what makes him happy is Charlotte, right? Yeah. Um, And because she is always trying to make him the best that he can be and yeah forcing him to do certain things and take the take on this doctor and blah 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 blah. like she does things to try and make it the best life for him but it doesn't turn out the way that he that she wants it to and she doesn't understand why Mm -hmm. george is so in opposition to her um Mm -hmm. but she puts everything into raising a king so i do in some retrospect understand her character I just don't like her. Yeah. <laughs> well, we kind of see it's kind of interesting. Well, one one thing I before I forget, one thing I do want to give her credit for is acknowledging once she realizes that Charlotte makes him happy. Oh yeah, and yeah. and you see back. you see that that recognition in her face and her eyes like yeah. she understands that she was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's just one thing is like I I she's annoying as heck, but like give her some props. In the props end there are the props. <laughs> And then secondly, we see Charlotte sort of take on this role of the over obsessive, get married, kids, have kids of your own. We Mm -hmm. see her take that on. So we kind of see, I know, we see the struggle of the the queen slash like princess the dowager princess what when Mm -hmm. you become that like later role and you have kids to worry about and a a crown to worry about filling the seat like you kind of see her take that role in her later years which is kind of funny um I did not yeah. like that that entire side plot line. Subplot. That whole subplot. <laughs> it, I, I was like, this feels so random. I'm like, if if one more person says, I need an heir, I need babies, yep. babies, babies, and I'm like, shut up! Like, I'm so done with this side plot. Anyway, I did not, I did not like that. Didn't but, appreciate it. But I know, like, the reason behind that is that she wanted to have an heir before George passed away. Like, she wanted she wanted him to know that their line was going to be passed down that that they are the, their personal line is being yeah is but something that on. makes me so mad love to death how loyal she is to george perfect partner but <laughs> something that is like not really brought up as a huge theme in the story but you sort of um you sort of come to understand this on the side is that she I have a feeling that she gave so much to George that she almost didn't have anything left to give Lost her children. Of herself. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, well, she also like her kids, like in the end, like even and the they, one says, you never really showed us love. Yep. They admit Sorry, Ma. Like she had not only the crown on her, you know, shoulders, but she also had a crazy husband. And so completely, later. right. Completely understandable <laughs> as to why she might, you know, have trouble showing each of them affection. But it, it is hard to grow up in a household like that, not only in the difficulty of like the crown and seeking the mm-hmm. air and all these things but having a mother who's so focused on your father that she doesn't even mm-hmm. pay attention to you yeah. yeah 
I think that's so funny. It's like one of the opening scenes we see with her in the flash forward is like sorrows, sorrows, and prayers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It will get better. Yeah, she tries so dang hard. Um, okay, so what are some of your favorite moments between these two throughout the series? So I actually really liked the moments where Charlotte was encountering George when he was having his his manic episodes. Mm. Mm-hmm. I I know those aren't those are not romantic, and that's not like maybe that's kind of a weird answer. Mm-hmm. But I think as far like to me, those were the most fascinating to watch, and I and I think well for a few reasons because one I think it just showed incredible maturity on her part as Charlotte. She's supposed to be like seventeen or eighteen. And yeah. she, she, I think she quickly realizes that, like, what's going on. She doesn't have all the answers, but she quickly realizes what's going on, and she pretty quickly takes on. Um, she, she becomes who he kind of needs her to be mm-hmm. in whatever moment, in whatever situation, whether it's outside, inside, under the bed. Like, she adapts, and she's able to meet him kind of where he's at, and do it with a lot of grace and a lot of love, but also mm-hmm. with kind of a very gentle, firm hand and being like, okay, no, like you need to put clothes on now. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> or- come inside farmer George. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so she's really yeah. able to just like, and, and that, that to me is like, that. I think it's that really cool that love. she meets him in his place. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like she says, I'm your Venus. I'm Venus. Mm-hmm. Like, when he focuses so much on out there that she meets him in his mental space mm-hmm. to try and bring him back, mm-hmm. um, which I think is really, it shows her character of wanting to just meet, like I said, meet him where he is. Yeah. She, she's not trying to change him, but just meet that understanding of then okay love him as he is yeah let's reel him back to reel him back to reality i think the other reason why i really like these scenes is because especially you don't you don't see these kinds of scenes in period pieces from what Mm. i've seen and watched i mean maybe they are out there and i just don't know it but like i think just because these were so unique and these were like the crux of the whole show it's like Mm -hmm. these scenes so it's also like the crux of the of the whole spinoff series. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I think that's another reason why they were they were my favorite to watch. Devin? Um, so I love when he finally shares his love for astronomy with her. Yeah. And like because again, that's him welcoming welcoming her into part of his life that he withholds from uh, from other people. Um it's his passion and he's allowing her to be a part of that passion. Um, I think that's a huge step in their relationship and that for anybody really, like if your passion is cooking and then you allow, like usually if you, if you're so focused on your passion, then you want to be like, you want to do it. Like, let me cook, let me do the thing. But when you allow someone to step into that role and like you work together in that passion, then it kind of, um, what's the word um just creates a more uh loving environment i guess yeah you're um, you're like letting the person in into to you and like your passions are a part of you and so you're letting them mm-hmm. into your world you're kind of opening up like a vulnerability to them absolutely mm-hmm. and yeah and she's staring at the 
the she's staring up into the I almost said microscope the telescope, telescope. telescope. there I said the word you are close <laughs> I said the word um the telescope and and I forget what she says oh it's beautiful and it's like yeah it is and he's staring at her ah. <laughs> um, but she's just his constant rock um constantly telling him that he is enough that no matter like you are enough you and me together we will do this to like it's a he always feels like he is isolating he's he's mentally blocks himself off from that he needs to be allowing her to be a part of the relationship but she says you're enough i accept you as you are i just love when she says it like it is and just says it to him because he needs that support at all this all his life he's been said been told like you're not enough you're never going to be a good king because of this thing that's been happening to you um these moments of madness and uh finally she's the one that says like no you you are enough and you're going to be a great king and i'm going to yep. be there every step of the way to help you be that person um yeah. but one of my favorite moments is when they pronounce their love in their yelling match at each other <laughs> i was going to say that Devin, but it's true go it ahead is, you no. can jump in no it is it's the best scene it is the best scene so there are two scenes that i in particular just love about them um and that is number one that is um it's just funny to me the way that they the way that they talk to each other because there's this candidness to charlotte just cuts through the crap with him and he's just like trying to protect her and trying to protect her and avoiding and stepping back and not answering her question and she's like dang it like do you love me or not and i'm like yes girl <laughs> but i think that like that is a more like that's a more like it's almost symbolic of their entire relationship because she cuts through the crap of all of these people trying to fix him and do that and do the other thing and she's just like no like look at me we are here in this moment you are just george and i am just charlotte i know who you are now and i have you've told me all about it i've figured it out and i'm willing to stay with you because i love you now tell me if you love me or not because if you don't i can leave if you do i'm here and i'm 100 percent in and that's just like such a beautiful thing to me and that's why like the my my second scene is sort of similar it's when she finds out like what they're doing to him when they're torturing him oh and God. she shows up and she's just like she barges into the room and she's she like you're fired <laughs> yes she's like you're fired i'm taking this from here and like granted like she she kind of learns that she can't take it all on her own right like it is sort of he still goes through his struggle at that mm -hmm. one event he's supposed to go to but she acknowledges that what the doctor is doing is not good for him and so she's right. decided you know what no i'm moving in here if you're not going to move in with me i'm moving in here i'm getting rid of that doctor and we're figuring it out together and those are like my two favorite moments is when charlotte kind of takes initiative and like is just like no like i love you and we're figuring this out i'm mm -hmm. surprised you didn't say the the very last scene the bedroom uh, under I the bed know. it is so that, cute that had me emotionally wrecked i'm sitting <laughs> on my couch watching this hoping and praying that my parents don't walk in because i'm in my living room and i'm like reaching for the tissues and i'm like oh my gosh because when they cut oh. away to young george and and young george is, is laying under the bed next to um 
next to present day Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Oh man, that just wrecked me in the most beautiful, yeah. beautiful what way. What gets me is when you get the there's a the moment where old George is looking at Charlotte and he sees the younger Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And that's when I get that's when it gets me. When oh, he's, it is. when he sees her at at the youngest form. I think it's just like so beautiful because we've seen them do this before. And it's when she's, she's like the only one able to sort of walk into his like crazy visions and sort of get him refocused on like who he is and what he's doing. And that's their spot to like have genuine open, vulnerable conversations. Mm -hmm. And it's just like when she tells him like, Oh, and they're having a baby. Like he's, he's just so happy. And mm -hmm. I, bald for the next hour like i turned off the show <laughs> and continued crying about Aww. it and tom like was upstairs like are you okay i was like no it's like talk to hormones. me later yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really that is a beautiful scene i i thought someone yeah, else great. would bring it up though which is i love I that that was the end like that was the last scene i think yeah. i thought it was a very good closing scene yeah. for the entirety of the show mm -hmm. me too um Yay. So cool. Uh, just to dive in more about the manic episodes, mm -hmm. George's manic episodes clearly play a large role in their relationship. So let's discuss how they both handle this issue. So I actually think both them handle it relatively well. Mm -hmm. So George, he's, he actually seems like a pretty self-aware adult uh, when we first meet him. Like he, he knows that he has this struggle or this problem they can't put a name to it i don't know i didn't look it up and i had to really stop myself from looking it up because i was trying to figure it out because i'm <laughs> like not get, i'm yeah. like i took abnormal Spoilers. psychology i can try and diagnose this character i really couldn't even <laughs> still by the end so whatever he's dealing with his his character is very well aware that he has something that he has this thing he's been dealing with and i think by the end of it he it really isn't until the end until charlotte helps him understand that it's okay that he is still he's still he's he's no less of a king or of a man because he struggles with mm -hmm. this and mm. especially he's he's no less worthy of love and so that takes the whole the whole little mini series for him to kind of accept um but then as far as charlotte goes again i, I said it before she handles him remarkably well and and i think that's just such a testament to her character and um and yeah it was just really beautiful to watch i almost am interested I, I would want to know if she's had experience with mental health issues in the past because she doesn't even question when she first yeah. sees him she doesn't even question what's going i mean she questions it but she's not like what is happening and she doesn't like faint you know what i mean <laughs> she's just like okay farmer george like let's figure this out I almost wonder if she's had experience with it in the past and something I find really interesting, almost like this feminine genius type thing, this like feminine intuition of how to deal with this. There was someone who put together two scenes, um, one from the original series or maybe the, the Anthony series of Bridgerton okay. and one from this when the king comes barging in on uh, the younger sister's wedding day when she thinks mm -hmm. she's going to marry Anthony and the king comes in, he's having like a moment, right? He's like freaking out. And Queen Charlotte's just standing there like awestruck. Like, I don't know what to do. No one's ever seen this happen before, except for me. And then the younger um, sister, sister I, talks him down, I forget right? her name. She talks him down. She's like, you're yeah. Cause he's like saying, isn't my Lottie beautiful. We're about to get married. Like all of this. 
And she's like, she is beautiful. Like your day is going to be so special. Like, but don't spoil mm-hmm. it. Like go. And she's like handling it almost like Charlotte handled it in that moment mm-hmm. when she first saw him. And it's almost this, like this feminine, like, cause, cause you see like the Butler sort of struggle. He tries his best, but he can't like, <laughs> you know, whisk him away when he needs to and get him out of the, the moment. Right. Um, but it's almost like this just understanding that they have where it's like, I'm not going to fear you in this moment. I'm going to like try to help you out of it, you know? Um, And so I think that she, yeah, like you said, she does a great job helping him um, with his episodes. And for him, I think it's, it's gotta be like horribly scary. Like he's lived with it his whole life, but um, especially being in the spotlight, like he's been all of his life. Like I can't imagine what it feels like to know that that could happen to you at any time. Um, And it probably triggers it even more. So yes, he deals with it. Well, I wish he wouldn't have gone on as long with the torture that he put himself through. Um, But I can completely understand where that mentality Mm -hmm. came from because his mother has been trying to weed this out of him since he was young. So it's sad though. Yeah. He's desperate to get rid of it too, because of the marriage. Yep. He's for, he's forced to face it. But uh George just doesn't want to be near Charlotte. And this is kind of the crux of their separation, at least from his perspective. He doesn't want to be near Charlotte because he sees himself as deformed. He yeah. sees himself as broken. And he doesn't want as like damaged goods that he doesn't want to taint who Charlotte is. He doesn't want to bring her down with his with his inner demons. Um he doesn't feel like he can be loved, kind of like what uh Mary was saying he doesn't feel like he can be loved because of his madness. He's too far gone to be loved by someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where the miscommunication comes comes along. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> with him staying away because uh, she questions whether she's a failure, right? Am I a failure because, and that's why he's staying away from me? Or is it because he loves her so much that she does that he doesn't want her her to see him this way right we get that miscommunication she thinks that she's a failure whereas he really just loves her that much that he Mm -hmm. does not want her to be to see him in this broken state of mind yeah um but like you guys said she handles him amazingly amazingly there i said it Mm -hmm. um I mean, the one line that she says, I will stand with you between the heavens and the earth. I will tell you where you oh, are. Oh, I love that like, line. Oh, yeah. Because he's so focused on he- the heavens can see me. The heavens can see me. It's like, I will, I will be your defender. I will make sure that I am there along with you 100% of the time, telling you who you are, where you are, and what you can become. Um, I just love that she owns her problems she owns his problems and is willing to burden like share the burden between the two of them i love that okay so what is the moment that charlotte owns her title and how does this affect the crown and her marriage so i there i think i feel like there are a few moments but um the one that stands out to me the most is when she finally decides to stand up to the dowager princess her Mm -hmm. mother-in-law um there are a few other moments I think before that happens where she like tells the footmen and the servants like get my carriage, pack the bags, we're going to see the king or I am going this place or that place and they're like no no right. you're not supposed to do that. And she's like I'm the queen. Yes. But I think it's fine like for me the 
the most impactful moment. I can't I can't remember exactly which episode or when it is, but when she finally stands up to the Dowager Countess, because I <laughs> so don't like her character. I was mm-hmm. I was like clapping and cheering, and I'm like, tell her, Charlotte. She's like, I'm the queen. Period. <laughs> Like, you yeah. cannot tell me what to do. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Something I love, though, is like, that's difficult to do. Like, Charlotte has like an iron will, this mm-hmm. woman. Because if I were to go through what she went through, I would probably have either lost my mind, too. Like, I would have been on the insane train. Or I would have left. Because she has no support from anyone. No one gives her any of the details, whatever. But finally, like, after enough pressure is put on her, this is what, like, what's unique about Charlotte. What, like, brings her forward is she has an iron will. And she was, like, taught by her brother and Mm -hmm. others to sort of ask the hard questions and do the difficult things. And that's why she makes a great freaking queen. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think in general, she's just so different from other women of this time period too. Mm -hmm. Um, Others, at least from what I've seen in Regency, which isn't a lot as compared to these (laughs) other two, let's be honest. I don't watch Regency on my own, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) um, I think the the role of a woman back then was to listen to what you're told, whereas she doesn't listens, but then <laughs> has her own say along with the, yes. like she, she makes her voice heard, which I think is huge for her character. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I think the moment that she owns her title is when she marches into Q and tells the doctor, like, we're done here. Yep. Like, yes. I'm, I'm taking ownership of the, the, the crown. I'm also taking ownership of my husband. Like, we're we're in this together um whether he likes it or yeah. not i'm making sure that i'm protecting him and yeah um, keeping those him are safe. the moments where she she almost just has to say like all right step back to the dowager princess like once she does that she's able to sort of take control and do her own thing for the beginning right. they're like oh you can't go out it's your honeymoon like da 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 and you see her kind of scale upwards like at first it's what's his name bingsley or something Brimsley. 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 She has to like, he's telling her what to do. Eventually she says, no, I'm the queen. I'm going to pick my own orange. And then like, she sort of like slowly does that with all the people around her. And finally, yeah, it's like finally like the master, like the boss battle in like a video game. You know, Mm -hmm. she's gotten like the confidence (laughs) and now she has to beat the Dowager Princess. And she does. And it's just like, I don't know. I think that's like her final moment of coming into her own. I think you're right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it totally t- changes their marriage too when she accepts her title as well. Like she, th- she's that unifying force now. Well, mm-hmm. not she alone, but like they are a unifying force now. They're no longer separate. They're a one unit that is uh, bearing a burden that they share now together. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So, a quick pause to talk about a fan favorite, Lady Dan. Danbury, <clears throat> excuse me. What are your thoughts on her relationship with Lord Ledger moving on after loss in the affair? And how does this affect her relationship with Violet later on in life? Ooh. It's a deep <laughs> one there. That is a well of a question. It really I... is, but I really want to talk about it. <laughs> Absolutely. I, at first, I could tell that there was 
like I could tell his character was eyeing her and I part of me was really hoping that it was pure and genuine because yeah. he wanted to support the great experiment. I was hoping that in my heart of hearts and be like, please don't let this turn into an affair. <laughs> so, but I saw it coming down down the pipeline and mm -hmm. honestly, I do not like like I I'll start off with the benefit of the doubt. I get that she had a loveless marriage and the mm -hmm. show really threw it in your face that she did not enjoy relations with her husband. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. like I, we get that. So she lacked passion in her life. She lacked true caring and nurturing from a man in her yep. life. And so here this gentleman kind of walks into her life and is willing to kind of give her that, that flirtation, that, um, that passion, that affection mm -hmm. and that caring. But what drives me, off a wall is the fact that she entered into this affair and this and this continuous like flirtation with no consideration whatsoever yeah. for the other people in his life his wife <laughs> his daughter so that's and that's where i draw the line and be like i get it that this woman deserves to put her she does need to put her needs first and that's why i'm actually really grateful that she turned down the proposal from adolphus because she really, I feel like it was definitely the best move for her not to remarry, especially right away. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. To kind of prioritize herself, really understand and get to know herself first. But mm -hmm. I have to draw the line at like putting your own needs first does not mean jeopardizing the relationships in someone else's life, which she was doing without yeah. a second thought to yeah. um, the commitments that Lord Ledger had made, his right. daughter, his family. And I was thinking about it more and I'm like, she's literally putting his entire family in a potential scandal. Yeah. And that would have like destroyed these people. Like I know, I, I have such a hard time with this because obviously it's so wrong. And it's like, come on, like, do you have to, as they start taking walks together, I'm like, okay, this can't end well, of course, but it's interesting because I think that Lord Ledger is actually a really great guy. <laughs> like he he sees he I do think that he sees past some of society's real problems. Um mm -hmm. and I also there's just like a little part of me that really thinks it's hilarious that his like his super rude wife, like I, I just I just think it's funny that she like hates on this girl so much and it's just like that's the girl that he like finds passion in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's terrible that he acts on it. It really is. But it's very ironic that like he finds some like a soulmate almost, like a, someone that he can connect with so much better and easier though? than the person that and, and this just comments on the problems with society at the time in general. Why were people marrying? Well, not to meet someone who met them at their level. It was to meet someone just to like have kids essentially and like build, you know, a family. And that's just how the culture was. But he shouldn't have acted on it. But there's just like a little part of me that's like that woman, like. I did not like his wife. I did not like his wife. She was really rude. Um, Violet, I have every sympathy for. When she sees um, the crown, the crown. Oh, yeah, man. that's rough. And the fact that she <laughs> still, rough. the fact that she still talks to Lady Danbury after that is Violet's just a great, <laughs> she's a great person. Um, I don't know that that whole thing is really interesting like even exploring like violet struggles a little bit more mm -hmm. um through lady danbury is like important to me like it's interesting they did it in the queen charlotte miniseries um rather than just in bridgerton but i found it really interesting that it was her and lady danbury talking about 
their struggles with like love and intimacy and things. And Lady Danbury is the one who literally her dad, like Violet's dad, cheated on her mother with. It's like, mm-hmm. it's a very ironic, twisted cycle. But in the end, I think, I think it ends up okay. And she ends up forgiving her. It's just sort of like, I wouldn't want to touch that relationship mess with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> um, but there are little like kind of humorous parts to it. But yeah. what's interesting too, if is because stuff you mentioned, yeah, the, the, the kind of modern day like the conversations the thing that kind of also drives me up a wall about this affair is that lady danbury tells violet that she she did love like she found love or she Mm. she had and she uses the word love not just passion yeah and she's trying to tell violet that yes you know i i did love like after my husband died and of course what she tells violet is prince adolphus but we all know that that's clearly not it so she's i i'm led to assume kind of lying yeah she she is kind of lying in a way Mm -hmm. but i'm led to assume that she's talking about her relationship her very briefly affair with her father and i think so i do not think that was love like yeah i and that and and the fact that and this is kind of another reason why at the beginning of this i said that i think i like the younger lady danbury more than the older because i i mm, the the fact that the older lady danbury is so highbrow and you know kind of a little bit of a turned up nose and she a woman of a lot of pride and i have a, i have a lot of respect for that but she's also literally telling the child of the woman of the man that she had an affair with that i loved your father and she and i just don't think what they had was love i just that's don't fair because that's a fair yeah. point because it was because her actions were so in my opinion were so selfish and that's oof <laughs> I know. I know. See, I I've, I was very conflicted with rooting for this relationship, but also like trying to hide my eyes from it as well. Because I, <laughs> I like you guys, I saw it happening and I'm like, I'm rooting for this. They both want this, but I think they go about it in the wrong way. Um, is it love? Is it her finding her freedom? Is it just lust? Like, I don't know what. I don't think we're given a real answer to that question. How, like how to define it, lust. but. Um, but that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> uh-huh. Like you, you can see that it extends for, first from acquaintance to friendship. Right. To the affair. Like you, there's a clear progression. And, I don't know. And I and I will I will say this on her on her behalf because I, I did write this down. It's fair to mention. So I think it and like like you were saying, Stephanie, Lord Ledger's not a bad person. He he has good values and right. he 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 values her first as a as a woman, mm-hmm. as a friend. And I think that that is really, really valuable. And of course it's it's those feelings of genuine friendship and genuine uh respect and, and you could say love in in a friendship sense and if and if that's what she was referring to in her conversation with violet i will give that to her she genuinely loved they had a a loving friendship on that kind of level and but again i have to draw the line at like Mm -hmm. (laughs) like having loving good like sharing adultery yeah that's just ooh, i just i can't i can't endorse that that. (laughs) No, I get I that. I do. It's really hard. The way the way that they tell the story makes you root for it, but it's almost like you could spin any story like this in the way that they did with the positive light mm-hmm. and people might 
be rooting for it. But at the end of the day, he did make commitments that he he broke. So it's right. like, yeah, even though his wife sucks, like yes, <laughs> he broke <laughs> he broke the commitment. Say. Yeah, yeah. I, I I also hate the fact that like because I love the relationship between Violet and Lady Danbury so much. I think their friendship is uh, a core of Bridgerton. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And I hate that this intertwines lies and deceit into their relationship. And um, almost calls it love. Yeah. Hate. Yeah. <laughs> so I just don't know. Like, they're trying to be very honest with each other. Like, I love when they're uh so lady danbury says that she was was it fortunate was that the word that she used you are fortunate yes. yeah yes so she's very honest to her there and then she reveals her like i didn't love like i didn't love my my husband mm -hmm. whereas you had that opportunity like I that love was that. a great monologue Th that's yeah. an, a great honest moment between them and then we also get the reversal of that when uh Violet is very honest with Lady Danbury and saying that her garden's in bloom. <laughs> that is a great, right? it's a great metaphor. So we, so, we, so we get them both being honest with each other, but then we have this moment of deceit throughout. And I just don't know how it's like, it doesn't sit well in my stomach to see Same. her. Um, they've gone through so much together that to not be frank with her and to still like even when they have that conversation about what happened yeah she's still being coy about it like she's still mm -hmm. not being upfront with her she's using metaphors and like still like just i'd rather her just be straightforward with her than to mm -hmm. kind of like dance around the subject matter no agreed um because i don't at the end of that scene, I don't know where they stand. Me neither. Yeah, it kind of fades I, I, off. I need. I feel like I need to rewatch it to really understand it, but I don't know. Like, I think Violet accepts it. I don't know if she fully forgives her for it. I don't like. I didn't get the clear recognition that I understand what you went. Like, I understand the situation and I am accepting of it. Right. Right. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well. Anything else on Lady Danbury before we move on? I feel like I do need to give props though to Lord Ledger for being a man and ending it. Oh I feel yeah, like he, he did. That was that was a really brave. I mean, that's a hard. You know, it's like he had this relationship. He could have chosen to keep going with it, like, and Lady D probably would have kept going with she it. She would have. And that's yep. that's the part. That's the part that drives me nuts is that she probably <laughs> would have kept just going. kept going with it, but he. Again, a testament to the fact I really do think his character is a good man. He stopped mm -hmm. it and he recognized that. Absolutely. Um, so I think that that is huge. His um, his guilty conscience wouldn't allow him to continue this. And that's what I think is he, he's so honorable mm -hmm. that he he knows that this is wrong, even though his heart longs for it or lusts for it or whatever you want to say. Yeah. Um, he knows that deep down, like this is wrong and I need to make sure that I'm here for my family yes. first and foremost. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Closing that chapter on Lady D, though we love her. A uh, little bit of scandal never hurt nobody or totally hurt everybody. I don't know. However you want to say that. Um, okay. So in speaking with her son, the older Queen Charlotte states, love is not a thing that one is able or not able to do based on some magic, some chemistry. That is for plays. Love is determination. Love is a choice that one makes. 
How is her relationship with King George an illustration of this idea? Oh, yeah. So I I think we kind of touched on this earlier, but we have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Charlotte was given the opportunity to walk away after the marriage, like several times. Yeah. She still chose to stay and to fight for him. And and that and the reason that she chose to stay and fight for him is because she genuinely loves him for just being George. Yeah. Right. So it's just so true. Like mm-hmm. this quote, I, I love that you made a question of it, Devin, but really probably it was just to mention the quote because it's, it's such so a good, good. Quote. That whole scene um, with her with her son is amazing. It is so good. And truly, like I, I think it's interesting because I, I see the parallel between sort of what her kids are going through and what a lot of people go through today is like right. um checking all the perfect boxes in order to like say like you it's it's going to be like magical like when i meet the person that i'm meant to be with it's going to be magical and to some in some regard like there is magic to love like it -hmm. it can't it is one of the deepest emotions a person can feel and that's something that does sort of entrance us and like but that is not what makes a good marriage love is Mm -hmm. part of it but like love is also just not it's not just you snap your fingers and you're in love. It's like, like she says, a choice that you make. It's something that every day you wake up and there's a million and one temptations. Lady Danbury, Lord De- Lord Ledger, there's a million temptations <laughs> you're going to come across that are going to make you want to forsake your vows. And it is the choice that you make to like not fall into those things that shows the strength of your love for a person and the strength of your character. So I think that that's a really profound thing for the queen to say, especially because Mm -hmm. I feel like she doesn't give this type of wisdom to her kids all that much. Um, So when she says this, it's like, that's surprising, but that's really Mm -hmm. beautiful. That's what needs to be said because these kids are all just waiting for, oh, the perfect woman or whatever. I don't want to have kids until I find whatever. And she's just like, all right, just, figure it out already go get married i don't love that she sets them up and forces them to get married but it's kind of funny like it is kind of funny she's like love is not magic figure it out (laughs) and it works yeah uh i just love that she like like you guys said you brought up the wall situation she chooses to continue in the relationship there but all throughout the entire series she chooses to be with him she has the options to walk away or to be separated from him or to accept that he's mad and push him away. But mm-hmm. she chooses day in and day out to support him and to be with him 100% of the time. Um, she chooses him over everything, um, which is why I just, I, I, lo- I love this quote i love the scene i love the representation of it in her own marriage and her own life um it just shows that love is love is all about the choices that you make Mm -hmm. to put to put others first Mm -hmm. before yourself yeah to will the good of the other i think i can't remember who said that but someone someone maybe maybe it's a saint i can't remember i think it like, is a saint <laughs> but i should, I I should know this but yeah. um but yeah to will the good of the other is like to love someone is to will the good of the other which is yep. why i don't think that lady d and lord ledger <laughs> they didn't really love each other all right no. i'm sold now mary i'm sold <laughs> <laughs> because when you compare them to like 
Charlotte and George, there's no comparison. So anyway, no, but definitely. yeah, so no, I, yeah, the, yeah, this quote, I think it was probably the best thing that came out of that side plot. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I mean, like, I think all of the, all of the weirdness of babies, babies, babies was worth enduring for her to say this quote because it landed Agreed. and it landed heavy. So it really did. Mm -hmm. Overall, episode six feelings let them fly there's a lot going on with episode six it's almost an hour and a half long it's like a movie in itself guys mm -hmm. uh what is going on what are our feelings with episode six? Oh man it so it was like an emotional roller coaster <laughs> is that are you talking about the last episode yes okay sorry i wasn't sure if it was six or eight and that's what i was like this is an oddly specific number but go on go on oh i mean last episode. i really didn't have that much it's just yeah, it was just such an emotional roller coaster. Um, I mean, I do have like, I have, I have a kind of a question, like, mm -hmm. what, what, what? How did, how did Violet and Lady Danbury actually become friends? Because in in the modern day in Bridgerton, they seem like they're besties, and I thought that's because maybe they were closer in age than they seemed. But it, like, there's very clearly like you can see the age difference between these, you know, this preteen teenage girl. And this woman who might be in her probably her 20s, maybe 30s. And I'm like, right. how did the two of these people become such close friends? Yeah, That's just the question. I, I think know, I it has to do, that, we don't have like a specific answer on that, but I think it has to do with how how much Violet has to spend time in the town because her children are trying to be like basically sold off. That's the whole like point of Bridgerton. Sold it's like off. they're trying to be like married <laughs> off. And so she has to go to a lot of these like balls and have like Daphne like be shown to the queen and all of that. And I feel like they just sort of, cling together in the town because they acknowledge each other as like respectable people that aren't gossips almost like mm. the two of them share this like friendship and they they say that like there's Kindred a lot spirit yeah there's a lot of drama in the town but like we're friends and like i value that and i think mm. it comes from the fact that violet's just an overall good person and uh, Lady Danbury, though flawed and sometimes dramatic, doesn't tell mm -hmm. secrets of her friends. Like that's just we see that when she's friends with Queen Charlotte too. So yeah. that's true. I I'm harping on her a lot in this episode, but I will say I was so proud that she did not give in to the Dowager Princess. Agree. I I was like, oh thank God, like please don't let this woman go behind her back. Like I get she has every opportunity, every reason to do that, but that yep. does show a good part of her character yeah for sure. i love that she's up front with the queen too she says mm -hmm. like before i was uh what she said that she was before not a servant but she was uh, i don't remember she, but she wasn't being her friend right she yeah. says that she wasn't I, I i was being your was she a ladies she's not a ladies maid i forget what the word was that she said but I was being subject. this and I wasn't your friend. The subject, yeah. I was being your subject and I wasn't mm -hmm. your friend. And I, I apologize for that. Like, I, I need to make sure that I'm putting your feelings first before your duties, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah. So props to her character there as well. Mm -hmm. um, other things with episode six, uh, the new baby. Yeah. That was a fun scene. Uh fun that he was in there the whole time well that was really cool the fact that he pushed his way through yeah i was so proud of him i was like you go george you tell that you tell the bishop <laughs> he's like do you want to remain bishop of or whatever canterbury that was a great line aside. 
Heck yeah. But I hate birthing scenes, guys. I can't stand them. I know. Oh well, I hate them even more right now. Oh. <laughs> Every show I watch <laughs> is just a birthing scene. And I'm like, I can't do this right now. I don't know if I've mentioned on this show, but I'm so bad with birthing scenes. I can't even watch The Birth of Christ. Like, this is it's so <laughs> You're bad. You're like, nope, like, I can't, I can't um, do it. And I was like, oh, no, she's going to have the baby in this scene. However, I will say, if... If you had a question here about like favorite moments just from George, when he stepped up and he held her hand and he helped, I think, turn the baby because the baby was breached. Mm -hmm. I was so proud of him in that moment. I was like, that shows such courage and just yep. such leadership and just like he was and just like like stepping up to his duties as a father and as a man. Yep. I was like, Dang. it was a really short moment, but that to me like, if you needed to sell me on his character when he's right. like when he's <laughs> not like that was it and i was like done <laughs> yep yeah season or this it was a short season but i think they packed a lot into it and they packed a lot into that last episode so mm -hmm. that there's a lot there to unpack um even still but did you have anything else, Devin? No, we already talked about the ending scene, which talked is kind of where I wanted to really uh, focus on. Um, and then she reveals that she's pregnant again with her second child, which yep. is uh, nice. Uh, mm -hmm. She stands up to, uh, or the Dowager Princess uh, apologizes for, mm -hmm. uh, which we talked about already. I'm trying to think mm -hmm. if there's anything else that I really wanted to talk about. Uh, we covered a lot of it through did. the episode. We really did. Um, I mean, it's it's where everything comes together. And I just, mm -hmm. I think, I don't know, it's a really good wrap up to the series. But, okay, so of all the examples of love in this series, which do you think is the strongest and why? Oh, I, I probably should have been more specific, but I just wrote sacrificial love between George and Charlotte. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> but also, I don't know, maybe this would be an interesting point to mention. So I wrote that, you know, oh, yes, you know, George and Charlotte, sacrificial love. But I also put, I think it's more on the part of Charlotte than George. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, there are definitely moments where, like we mentioned before, he has to bring his walls down. He has to be vulnerable and let her in. And that takes... That's a sacrifice on his part because he's sacrificing his comfort and kind of that security internally. But mm -hmm. I think Charlotte sacrifices more. I think for she does, him yeah. And for the relationship, we, again, we really don't see very much of George, um, especially. Like his perspective. Yeah, we do get a good insight for like the honeymoon week. Episode four. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. I, I think if we saw a little bit more into maybe him serving her, then mm -hmm. I think it would be a little bit more balanced. I agree. So I think she sacrifices a lot for him, which isn't necessarily bad or good. It's just it's just an observation. Mm -hmm. I think that's right. <laughs> just an observation. This mm -hmm. <laughs> is an onlooker viewing in on this relationship. <laughs> yeah, if we're talking Queen Charlotte specifically, they're obviously the most like the strongest love that we see in this. Lord Ledger and Lady Danbury, not not too much. Um, but <laughs> if we're talking Bridgerton as a whole, Violet and Lord Bridgerton or or Viscount, Edmund. whatever. Edmund, I can't wait until they're my. Favorite. We get more of their relationship and we can do an episode on those two because I, I really want to see that. They are like 
I don't know. The fact that she's still just like not even thinking about moving on after he passes and like just talks about the intimate love that they shared. And they not only that, it like poured out into their children. Mm -hmm. It's just like very beautiful because it's not typical of this time period. So if I had to choose someone from the entire series, I would choose them, Mm -hmm. at least from what I've heard of them. If I had to choose from this, obviously it's Queen Charlotte and King George. I'm actually kind of surprised we didn't see the introduction of Edmund to to Violet in this series. I know. I thought for sure I we would, to. or they would slip that in, and like maybe she encounters him at a ball or something. Because she said that I they know. grew up together, but we see none of him in this none series. So I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if maybe are they going to make another spinoff series, like with their relationship? I hope so. That would be really cool. Yeah, I know. There's a book on its own, like like Julia. Is it Julia Quinn? I think the name yeah. is. I think the author. I think there's a book of. Uh, Violet and Edmund, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know when they plan to do it or if they're going to do like another spinoff in between uh, Bridgerton seasons and sort. Mm-hmm. Yep. But um, and uh, so in the question, I put love in quotation marks because there are different examples of love throughout. There's like the friendship. There's uh, parent love there's um like sibling parental sibling love mm-hmm. like so i i just want to put that general uh which of all these different examples that we see which one do you think is strongest mm. um and i agree that obviously um uh, it's meant to be that king george and queen charlotte's love is the strongest one because it extends not just time but it extends the burdens it extends the royal crown um right everything that's in that's passed on from them because of the expectations that are placed upon them mm-hmm. they they <laughs> george is born into this role and she is pushed into this role and they don't really have choices until they do have choices to make yep and those choices are about their relationship i wonder right. too if maybe cuz we're yeah we're talking about sacrifice and 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 love in different forms this just occurred to me I wonder if maybe we could throw in Brimsley's love for his duty to Queen mm. Charlotte. Yeah. He, mm. and, and I think that's He dedicates also, himself to it. Yeah. and That and sacrifice I, too. Yeah. It's huge. I mean, he, he gives his entire life to her aid and like he doesn't receive- For the king. Anything, anything from her in return. And mm-hmm. I think it's- I actually don't love I don't really like the scene where it's like a flash forward to like the present day Bridgerton era and Queen Charlotte is is like, well, Brimsley, like, didn't you have a family? Didn't you get married? And I'm like, why are you overlooking this man so much? <laughs> why like, are you asking this, this is a now, huge 60, flaw yeah, of your character. Years older or whatever. Like yeah. I can almost I can sympathize with your children and they aren't following you five paces behind your entire life. Like don't mm-hmm. you care at all about this man who is devoting his entire life to you? So I was a little mad with her character in that scene. But I mean, that in it, like Brimsley's sacrifice to give his entire life to his work, to his job, to that role, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a kind of love in of itself. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Definitely. I really oh, like him, Brimsley. <laughs> <laughs> I'd agree. I think uh, Brimsley, it was the other guy's name. Uh, Bing- Bingley? maybe something similar yeah um but of the two of them i do think um uh brimsley was my favorite mm. <laughs> oh i love i love him mm-hmm. 
just his facial expressions at times was hilarious. Oh, yeah. um, but anyways, jumping into our final question, do we ship it? I think it's clear. <laughs> I really ship like I hardcore <laughs> ship this. Yeah. Like, I, I just love the example. I mean, there are things we could talk about with their children and flaws there and such. But when it comes to Queen Charlotte and King George, I hardcore ship them. I think they're great for each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same. I And I was comparing their relationship to the other kind of major Bridgerton couples who mm -hmm. ended up getting married. And up until seeing this series, Kate and Anthony were my favorite. But now I think... Like, really? I think these yeah, take the these cake two for me because too. these two I think would really stand the test of time. Like they would Would'd really last. Like they have passion, but then they have that deeper love, as we keep saying. Whereas I don't know if the other two have that, but that's a conversation for another time. So <laughs> <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more. No, um, no, I agree. I think uh, I do love the sacrifice that they both make and the choices that they make. Um, they have to learn each other with each other. Uh, they have to uh, work as one and unify as one. And they have to, and Charlotte has to, well, they both have to meet each other, right? They both have to learn each other, um, mm -hmm. but they meet each other on the same ground. They don't expect anything different from each other. They just want to be uh, connected. Um, I love the line that he he says. I I forget what the, the beginning of the line is, but he says like, "I can't breathe without you," and I love yeah. you, and um, that just like the the air that the air that they breathe, they want to be just connected. My heart more. calls your name. Oh, My I just love that. Oh, <laughs> so cheesy. <laughs> um, but they 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 want to be the, in the same space and just work as one team um which i think is the whole purpose of marriage right yep. you're one you're one unit that's yeah. going that's pursuing uh difficulty not pursuing difficulty but pursuing their dreams and uh on the along the way um confronting and facing fears and um challenges along the way that you have to work through as one cohesive body mm -hmm. yep. um so I'm glad you I think mentioned they are. That. Uh, they're they're obviously not a great representation of that, but they eventually do learn, and it is a learning curve, as any marriage is. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that that they're like they're as they're a team, they're one unit as just a married couple because we keep talking about them as king and queen, king and queen, and they have yep. this nation, all this expectation, but like at the end of the day. They're also just a married couple. And it's almost interesting just to think of them without the crown, without the pomp mm -hmm. and circumstance. I think they would still, I think they would still work as, you know, take away all the pomp and circumstance. Um, so anyway, so I'm glad you you mentioned the fact that, yeah, married couple, one unit. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All righty. Cool. So those are our thoughts. Now let's look into what yours are. Here's a comment sent to us from Nancy. Thanks for writing in Nancy. Nancy says, this was my favorite season of Bridgerton. Honestly, I thought the story was so interesting. Charlotte and George are such an adorable couple and pair. They are definite moments of turmoil and unhealthy behaviors, but Charlotte is such a good find for George in the end. She loves him for who he is and doesn't expect him to change himself. Overall, a very sweet story. 
Love it. Very true. Very <laughs> true. There's definite turmoil. Yeah. But okay. Thank you, Nancy. Love it. And a big thank you to Mary for joining us again. Yes, Round yes. of applause. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoy this. So fun. It, it was a really fun episode, too, and lots to unpack. So yep. thank you, Mary. Oh, so. And definitely come back again soon. I'm sure that we'll have you on for another yes, episode. Please. <laughs> and as usual, if you want to engage with us, please email us at weshipitpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Instagram. We love to hear from all of you. Yep. And if you're enjoying the show or you have comments, please rate and review. It really helps us know where we should be going and how we're doing. Um, so thank you, shippers. We'll see you next time. I want both even and odd days. Bye, guys. <laughs> see you, everyone.